interview under fire. All right, everyone, Sunny back here with a new episode of Interview Under Fire, GFM or Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh. Thank you girls so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. A big month for you guys with the announcement of your new EP, Operation Takeover, coming out September 4th. Um, you know, congratulations on all of that success. You know, before we get to that, I'm going to ask a very important question. It's a very simple one, and it's been overlooked the last five months. How are you? <laughs> considering everything that's happening you know how have things been for you and you guys as of late and how has your lives changed if at all since I, I can't believe you know we're already in August and this started in March the whole pandemic announcement you know how's life in Jacksonville for you guys so we actually just got back home from a tour so we aren't too sure yet <laughs> we just, um, went out to a grocery store today um, all oh my gosh back. that's awesome <laughs> we're like what is what is Jacksonville like? Because yeah. we've been um, all over the U.S. We've been staying safe, though, using hand sanitizer and wearing masks at shows, at shows and, and everything. Um, but it's really weird and strange uh, when you come home to unload the car. And instead of, like, looking for, and I guess, socks, you're looking for masks. Like, yeah. you're pulling out yeah. like, hundreds of masks in the car just everywhere. But it's a definitely a different type of touring. And mm. it, I think it would... A way to describe it is it takes more thought because before you yeah. do anything, you have to think about it. Like, is this safe for us? Is this safe for our fans? Um, before you go in anywhere, where's my mask? Does this place require a mask? Mm -hmm. um, so it's really just kind of yeah. a very thought out tour and very. Which kind of makes you think about, like, why aren't we kind of doing this for normal stuff? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this is kind of like maybe we should be doing this for, like, for the rest of our life even like once covid finally goes away like just to make sure people are safe and stuff but yeah just it's been really weird trying to figure out what is like okay to do and what's not okay to do and we're all still in school but like we're blessed to have been homeschooled already and so everything is already online so that's not any different for us and then we're pretty much like social media savvy and mm -hmm. so when our tours got canceled, we just moved them online. And so we did a bunch of live stream shows and did like an e-tour and took over all of our sponsors pages yeah. and vessels and stuff. So, and then like shows and stuff, we, our tour got canceled except for seven shows. And so being on tour, it was like so much different. Like, well, oh, you're saying you have to be so much more like, careful, but also yeah. instead of having a show night after night after night after night, and then like stopping at Planet Fitness to shower really quick on the way to the next show, like, you play a show and then you're off for a week. And so you just like sit there and you're like, Oh, what do we do now? <laughs> Man, you guys are all experiencing this at like a young age too. Like you've been, now you've already been through it all. So now it's like, what else? You know? Yeah. Man, I can't tell you how crazy my Amazon shopping list has been. Cause I've been, all my shopping's on Amazon now, you know, I, it's almost like I don't even want to, I'm in like in Dallas and Texas, you know, it's, it's crazy here. I don't know if you guys have, seen the numbers it's just so much information being thrown at us left and right you almost can't even go out anymore because of you know just it's just chaos out there yeah. and you know i'm just so accustomed to, like just staying at home and just doing amazon shopping so i don't know if it's the same thing for you guys but you know during these strange times i don't even i, I don't know if we can call them strange anymore because now we're just so accustomed to this lifestyle six months in yeah. Is this is this affecting your musicianship, if at all? You know, has anything changed for you guys drastically? I mean, I'm assuming you, you guys live in a place where you can just play as loud as you want without the neighbors oh, complaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's um, we've been blessed in the situation because a lot of, like, our friends that are in bands, they live in different states. And so, I mean, we live in the same household. So I feel like in this situation, we've been blessed where... I mean, we can write whenever we want to write. We can, because we have our own studio now, where we can produce um, the music and demos. Uh, and then also, we didn't want this to affect our, um, like, what we do. So we were like, hey, you know, the things happen. The situation's going to go down no matter how, if we don't want it to or not. So uh, we uh, just, like, what can we do? And so we sat down with the e-tour, like Maggie was saying. And then um, we played some shows where people were comfortable at. And uh, yeah, we just kept going. We didn't let this stop us. Yeah, definitely adapting. <laughs> Does this pandemic open up new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not noticed before about yourselves? It definitely makes, like at the beginning of the month when we were stuck at home doing nothing, it made us think to do more because we, our whole family, um, when like the whole thing happened, it wasn't like, 
okay, this is time to rest. Our brains are like, we can work even harder now because we're home twice. <laughs> so it allowed us a lot of more creative creativity forced, like forced onto us. Yeah. Forced creativity. But <laughs> it worked. And everything that we came up with is really helpful. And yeah. we were able to do so many things that if we would have been touring, would not have been able to do. Mm-hmm. And it's just really cool to now come back from tour and see everything that we've set up. Like we've started recording our own music, recording our own videos. And so seeing like all the set pieces and all the stuff that we've set up before we left coming back home. And it's kind of like a breath of fresh air. Like, oh, I don't have to do that when I get yeah, home. Like, yeah. I already did all that. It's kind of like um, how bands, they'll, like, hold themselves away for, like, weeks or a month at a time at the studio, but, like, we've been doing it for six months now. <laughs> so all these kind of weird ideas are coming out, but they're we're working them into, like, manageable ideas, and so yeah. it's, it's a really cool thing to, like, figure out what else we can make. I feel like tour was our first time actually, like, stop working which sounds weird because still playing music is still considered yeah. working but right. this time like that month was kind of a rest for us in a sense because mm-hmm. we weren't at home like every day we wake up like okay what's something new we can do because yeah, we didn't yeah. want to just waste our time and come out of the quarantine having nothing done and yeah. just gone down because as a up-and-coming band during this time if you don't do anything it's going to be difficult when everything stops because everyone thought oh just two months and then we'll be done but it wasn't and so, yeah yeah two it, months turned into six months <laughs> yeah so if we wouldn't have been doing anything our band would just slowly went downhill but yeah. because we were working and continually thinking of new ideas and live streaming and just coming up with all these different things our band has literally skyrocketed from where we were even at the yeah. beginning of the year our social yeah. media blades are rising yeah. <laughs> I think it's such a big challenge to, you know, you know, stay positive and stay productive during this time. And you guys did that. You know, I didn't even know if I was going to doing podcasts. Like I said, you know, six months into it and usually, usually I do these in person. Man, you know, I like asking that question, like how to stay busy because I remember baking cookies. I never bake cookies. Like a month into the pandemic, I like asking music artists, like how you stay busy. Some of them like, oh, I took cooking the live streaming and, you know, yeah. something like that. You know, can you imagine if GFM did like a, a cooking live segment, all the fans what would like how crazy that would be. Just yeah, so many I, different I, ideas. <laughs> you did? How how did that go? And um, we took our twitched cooking and then we also twitched um with Songlinker, which is one of our producers. Right. He made this um is it an app or it's like a website. A website. So we twitched at the same time, so we had our fans uh we wrote a song with them, which was like Susan, it was great. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. I loved it. It was great. So well, even though I don't know if I can say it like so well, because it's more of like a it's a joke song. It's just a joke song, but it was I don't I don't know how to explain. It was just it was too funny. It was so bad that it's like, so good. Like we wanted it to be that amount of bad. It like, that's so good. Bad. That's a good thing because I think you interacted with the fans too, and you were the first band to ever write a song through uh, Song Linker. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah look at that. And look at that. You guys paved the way. <laughs> Yeah, it's too good. <laughs> yeah. You know, before we talk about, you know, Operation Takeover, I'm, I want to talk about all that because there's so much I want to get into. And you did work with Joey Sturgis. Um, before we get to all that, I want to talk about, you know, now that we're home, you know, well, home, you know, you guys did do the touring for a little bit. And you guys have been doing this for nine years. So started in 2011. Is that correct? Yeah. So Give or take. It's, it's like, like 2017. Yeah. Like yeah. 2017 was like us. In our like baby stage, like we were literally still babies, but um, <laughs> it was our awkward teen phase. It was our awkward teen phase. We were still like growing up and everything, doing local mm-hmm. shows, and then we got picked up to do our first tour in 2017. And so like that was when we we're like, okay, this is actually right. you know, really doing this for real. And you guys toured extensively. You're talking, you know, Axes and Anchors Cruise, Summer Rock Fest. You did that did a couple times. Rock Fest, Audio Feed, Metal in the Mountains. The list goes on. And with those bands, you guys have played with some of my favorites, you know, Breaking Benjamin, Thousand Foot Crutch, Demon Hunter, you know, Day to Remember, that list also goes on. Now I want to ask, what was your favorite part about touring? Because now you're kind of taking like an unseen step back. Does it make you have a growing appreciation for the touring life? Because you're talking like culture, the fans, even the food, you know, there's so many things to take away. What was your biggest, I guess, what was your favorite thing about touring? What what was it that that made you want to do it even more? 
Um, I would definitely say, I mean, the reason why we do the band is meeting people and just um, sharing our testimony, sharing what we believe and just being with people and meeting them face to face. Like we love social media and we love that outlet like, um, so we can connect with people who are too shy to go up um, and meet us in person. But yeah. meeting people and being where they are and just connecting is such like it drives us. And yeah, I mean, it's such a different cultural aspect, like even in the United States, like we've been to Germany and overseas, but like even it's so different because we've been to California and we're in Florida. So that's like yeah, three day <laughs> drive right there. So uh, yeah, definitely like you nailed it. Like meeting people is, it's, it's such a rewarding thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that and getting to play, like starting to play some of our new music on stage oh, and just yeah. seeing like even from the songs we're still playing from all the horror when we play those songs and then we play the newer songs it's just kind of like a you just see the growth as mm-hmm. you're playing the songs and it just gets you even more excited for what's to come in mm-hmm. the future yeah especially being on this last tour that we just came off of like where there was only like seven shows because those were the only shows we were allowed to play it's like <laughs> you really realize how much you take for granted playing every night and so like when we would play a show and then we would have a week off we'd be like I wish we were playing shows <laughs> like this is so sad so just like having that whole atmosphere that comes with a show like the performance and then like talking to the people and then mm-hmm. like just everything that goes with it just like each and every single night you're in a new city you're having new experiences it's like you really oftentimes take that for granted and it's like oh we have to do this again I'm so tired but then you realize when you don't get that it's like oh but I really love that. <laughs> yeah, that's what. How does that saying go? You don't, you don't know what you got till it's gone. It's very cliche, but man, it is so true. Because, mm. man, I used to go to shows. Well, used to go to shows. Can't believe that's I even said that even as a sentence. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I went to a show like every week. Now you're talking six months. I haven't seen a new movie in six months, yeah. and I'm a huge movie buff. Love you know? movies, and we were just talking about like we haven't had movie theater popcorn in six. Sometimes months. we'll just go to the theaters <laughs> to get the popcorn and then go home and watch. And the like movie. that's such a, a <laughs> problem, but it's still a problem. <laughs> and you know, this question was coming. What show stands out the most now that you're reflecting on everything that you've been through? What show stands out the most? I, sh- I know there's three of you guys, but just if you want to go individually or like collectively, like you know, you're talking about a show. So many shows you guys I played. Like, what stands out the most? life or the past tour hmm what about the past tour because i feel like you do want to say something about that (laughs) (laughs) the way you're looking i was like okay i have to ask that (laughs) um i would have to say the first show that we did was in indiana and it was it was kingdom festival and uh, everyone was so hyped to go to the show that when we started playing they just were like moshing like we didn't get a chance to like start playing and like chanting our name and it was just like the hype was so intense and it was yeah that was a crazy it was like a baby gfm woodstock because nobody had seen us since march and they're like we have to go to the show i I love that i love that description And so, like, we had people flying from Florida, and they were driving in from Pennsylvania, and they Texas, were driving in from Texas, yeah, like, Sony. all over the U.S. They were all just, they all drove in. We had, like, a tiny army there, and we're like, oh, this is so cool. Like, we haven't, and we had never met some of these people except for, like, on social media. And so, like, they were supposed to come to shows that got canceled, and so they, were like, surprised us there. Like, oh, my word, I didn't know you were going to be here. And so we found out, like, we are able to make that hype around mm-hmm. each show and so the last show of the tour that's we, what I was gonna say, we did that too show. like we had people fly in for that show in oklahoma and like coming from all over the u.s just so it's kind of the first time we realized that like oh wow like gfm actually has had like a huge impact on some people that mm-hmm. like they're coming to us and saying i just had to come yeah they're like i i couldn't i couldn't miss it i didn't want to do my last show <laughs> You got you guys also played Norman, Oklahoma. That's like my you know, that's like a neighbor to me because my my older brother lives up in Tulsa. So we drive through Norman a lot and Norman Music Festival is actually a very popular event that we go to. How was how was Norman? How was just that audience? And that was the last show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. It was just crazy because we played it last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that show. We played just like a separate one off show. And we broke the record last year of how many people were actually in that venue. Wow. Um, so like wow. people came this year to see us at the block party festival. And they were like already like ready yeah. to, they're like, we already know this music. 
we're, you already know because we throw cupcakes yeah, at our shows too. And they, like, we couldn't throw it last year because we were an inside venue, and so they already knew we were outside. They're like, you already know I'm about to go to this cupcake war. You already, I need to go. It was so much fun because we um, were able to set up our tent that we have, mm-hmm. and it's like our iconic tent. Like you can tell, you can see it from miles away. It's bright but, pink, black. It has giant eyeballs on it. Just like GFF, GFF, GFF. But we were standing there, and just so many people were coming up to us and like saying, "I drove from here. I drove from here." And, like, you could tell before the show they were ready. And so when we went and played, like, right afterward, everyone came straight back to the tent, and we just talked all night with them. It was just, like, hanging out, not have seen them in, what, a year? Yeah. So it was really fun. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. You know, considering the fact that you guys do wear uniforms on stage, I think that's awesome. Does it feel like you're taking on a different role when you're playing live? And does it help with the presentation of who GFM is? I think you really hit it on the dot because it's not like a different personality you're putting on. It's almost like a costume where yeah. it's, it's like, like a uniform for a job. Yeah, uniform for a job. We're very theatrical, so it almost puts us in this like character, I would mm-hmm. say. Like I'm very bubbly, like I'm kinda of bubbly off stage, but I just love like putting on a whole bunch of makeup, like I do a whole bunch of blush, sparkles, I glue stickers, you diamonds, like, flowers all over your face. I, so much. <laughs> I have like these pigtails and I curl my hair. And I have that time, like when I play stage, to really live into that and just be fun and not care at all. And yeah. then Maggie is like our anthem voice of this um of who we are. And so she draws these like lines like across her face and everything. <laughs> it is it's just so fun. And Luke paints like her neck all the way. And she's got like the war paint all over her face. Yeah. It's, it's just like it's like, your if you're entering into, like, this realm, like, you know in video games where you, like, enter into the realm, and you just, like, imagine yourself in that? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what we do. We imagine ourselves on the stage. Yeah. So, like, not to get, it's like, like video game, but it's, like, it's not us on stage. Like, we're imagining us if we are on stage. But it is us on yeah, stage. Yeah, but you just get player. to, like, you get to become choose. these. Be the <laughs> and it's so much fun. And like Shida said, it's not becoming a different person. We're totally the same people. Yeah. We are what we say on stage that we are, and we believe what we say on yeah. stage, but it's just adding that extra... Mm, that's like Halloween every single night. Yes! Oh my God. It's like a, like an amplification of your own personality. Like, yeah. the strongest points of your past personality, you just turn them up to 11. They're just having fun. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like everyone who comes to the concert also experiences that, because... When we throw the cupcakes on the last song, um, we've advised our wonderful fans that if they would like to become a cupcake war survivor, they smear it on like war paint. And I feel like when they do that, you can really see them just like lose all care in the world. And it doesn't matter what's going on in their life. They're just in the moment and really living it. And it's so much fun to see that. I feel like it's a way to portray the music in a visual presentation. You know, it's, I mean, of course, it's great just seeing just a, a band play live, but the way you guys do it, and we've seen other bands doing it, you know, like Slipknot does it, you know, and, you know, what they do the paint, and you guys do it in such a, a different way. It's like thinking outside the box, and that's the way I see it, portraying the music in a visual presentation where the fans can even interact in a whole different way. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, live presence, I feel like, is very important, and I feel like it's a very important thing to you guys. And this is a very popular topic of discussion that's been on my show as of late. So, and there's no right or wrong answer, but I I feel like it's a very important thing to ask you guys. And you've seen it for the last six months, live streaming. A lot of bands have have been doing this for the past six months. I believe Code Orange was one of the first bands to do it, where they did the whole, um, I don't know if you guys saw it, they did the whole live streaming in an empty venue, and they streamed it for the fans, like literally two days after the pandemic. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And a lot of bands have caught on to it. But let me ask you this: considering how much you guys have been touring, do you think the quarantine-induced live streaming surge that we're seeing right now, do you think that's going to affect the touring musician business going forward? Do you still see bands doing this even after all this is over? I believe so. I think it might hurt the like huge artists where I feel like it's um dangerous for thousands of people to come to a show. But it also this can boost younger artists that necessarily couldn't like afford a whole bunch of production and equipment when uh, they can like stream their whole platform and then they grow through that. Like that's how we grew. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like, I, that's how we got away with doing like got away. Like we had permission to do this. So, like yeah. no, we all got away with it. It's fine. <laughs> like we're not gonna have hundred thousand people at our concert and like that's 
okay with us right now because we're still growing and like we have the privilege to be allowed to do shows because yeah. so, we're not having that huge amount of audience that's why we encourage younger artists to not let this go by the wayside or not this to like in uh, what's the word like dive into your crap like do that because now everything's going to like social media and you can stream your performance and you can stream like venues are um like have reached out to us like wanting us to play their venue like doing like the code orange and that's what we did with um we did OPAV open there like studio yeah. warehouse we did it with iHeartRadio and that was a great show loved awesome. that so much like the production that they provided was it almost was like a tv set like they had giant four yeah. cameras and so just reach out to different venues um, and see if, like, you can play. And then yeah. there were so many people that watched that stream. Like, we were like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, like, if you're a band who is our size or smaller, or, like, even if you're, like, a, bigger than us um, and you're not, like, the size of Ariana Grande or, like, Justin Bieber and you don't take advantage of, like, your, like, like the live streams and stuff, mm -hmm. if you don't take advantage of that, like, Unfortunately, there are going to be a lot of bands that just have to call it quits because they can't afford to keep going because yeah. their audience just plummeted because they didn't take advantage of, like, being in front of them. Because, unfortunately, how, like, the music industry kind of is, you have to tour to make money. So yeah. it is has definitely affected the music industry, but... I mean, the music industry changes every 10 years. I think so. in the long run, it's going to just leave a positive effect because... Yeah. Live streaming your shows allows everyone to see it, you know, mm -hmm. not just the people in Oklahoma that we played that show for. We live stream that set and people from Argentina can watch it. People from yeah. Australia can watch it. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter where you are. So it kind of brings more of that community to you. Yeah. And it just relies on you and your band and how you promote that and how yeah. you take advantage of that. Well, like when shows are allowed to happen again, like more than just like seven shows at a time, like when touring's allowed to happen, it's helping fuel that want for music. And so we're starting at these shows that we saw, we started to see like the same energy that we saw when we went to Germany. Like they had a love for music. They were just so like obsessed with it. Like they couldn't get enough. And so when we started playing shows again, the fans had to fly in because they yeah. couldn't, they couldn't let this opportunity pass. Like they were, they have that same energy that I feel like people used to have for music. And so I, I think that that will really come back yeah. to People aren't scared to go to shows. <laughs> I think it's funny because some musicians that we talked with were scared that no one's going to come to a show anymore. I think it's almost the amplified. It. Yeah, yeah, the opposite. Like when it does open back up, where you can have like 500 plus venues, that people are just going to flock to it because, like yeah. you were saying, like you haven't been to a concert in six months and used to go every week. Yeah. Like you're going to be ready to go. Like I need my fix. Time to go. <laughs> you know, speaking of Germany, have you guys seen this? Uh, so we had we had a band called Beyond the Black on our show. Uh, I think last month, I believe. No, two months ago, something like that. Um, with the vocalist Jennifer, she was talking about how they did a live show in front of, a, I don't know if you guys saw this, like cars were driving in and they were parked in front of the stage. Like there weren't any people outside. They were just parked in their cars and they okay. performed. Yeah, it was like a festival. I think it was called Live Summer 2020. It was in Germany. And uh, when I saw the picture, I thought it was a meme. I was like, yeah. this is the greatest meme ever. But then I found out it was the actual thing. Like people were, there's so many ways to go about this because, I mean, I don't know if that's something you guys would ever do, but you know, it's, it's just interesting how they went about it. Instead of having a lot of people jam-packed in like a venue, they just had cars parked. It was so weird to see, but hey, it worked. You yeah. know, it, it was it was a way to interact with the fans in a whole different aspect. Finding but, those creative ways to get people out and yeah, <laughs> we'll do whatever. Hey, we're creative, man. Yeah, the, the meme was it was like it was a crazy meme because they had they showed all the cars like together like in a mosh pit. It looked like a, just a big <laughs> oh, car accident. I was like, what I is this? Like that whenever we're doing the live streams we say okay start the circle pit and they'll put the little running emoji and then they'll put the <laughs> emoji and so they posted that meme it was like us when we become like we're able to go to real shows that's i didn't know so that's where funny. that was from another thing you know some of the venues i don't know how it is in jacksonville in the local area but in dallas we had one of our most popular venues shut down you know, and it was it was a it was pop, probably a venue you guys would have played at, and it's called the Gas Monkey. It's a very popular venue. I've done so many interviews there. And another thing is, when this comes back, when live live shows come back, I feel like some bands will get lucky, some bands won't, because you're talking about so many bands want to book shows when everything yeah. is back to normal, or or however you want to say it. I just think that's just a whole different challenge, and 
of course, I have the liberty to mosh in my own room if I want. You know, <laughs> if I see if I see GFM on the on the live stream, you know. But it's different if I see you guys on the you know, as far as a live atmosphere as opposed to doing it on the screen. Of course, there's always that opportunity where yeah. you guys have to. You know, you talked about live streaming when someone from Argentina tuned into your show. You know, that's that's another advantage. There's always a plus side to this, mm. but then also there's always a negative too because of course you want to see GFM in person because it's about the live personality that you guys. Yeah. Um, are about and like I said, there's no wrong answer to this. It's just very interesting to hear so many people's aspects, especially someone like you guys who are coming up into the scene, you know, guns blazing, as mm-hmm. opposed to another band like Testament who's been doing this for a long time and they are doing a live stream, you know, or Suicide Silence. They yeah. just did the whole virtual tour, you know. Yeah. It's I, I I think there's just so many answers to come about it. I it's just very interesting and uncertainty going forward and i'm just glad you guys are still doing this you know and i I know it's challenging but it's good to see that yeah well we definitely try to like keep pushing forward no matter like what is thrown at us and that's something that our parents have always ingrained in us especially once we started gfm it's just like whatever happens just keep pushing forward so now speaking of pushing forward i promise we'll talk about operation takeover we covered so many topics already but the new ep that's coming out September 4th. It was recently announced. And God, when I heard um, Taking Over, <laughs> man, I was like, what is... And then and I heard, you know, it was Beauty Core. I was like, I think that's such an innovative idea. Just to have that freedom of creativity, thinking inside the box, not to be uh, to... I'm moving my arms around a lot because I'm so, so excited <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> but you're not attached to one music genre. You invented your own. I heard punk, I heard thrash, I heard metalcore, I heard pop, you know, you know, what, how was that, you know, what was the production process like for something like Operation Takeover? When did, when did something like that start for you guys? Was it during quarantine or was it before quarantine was even in existence? Like, how did that start? We actually had it for a while and quarantine really dumb that we couldn't post it because we were going to go on tour with it during the spring and so since everything got shut down we decided to hold on to it for a little longer um put out more singles like taking over and i don't need your fantasy and we kind of just wanted to see just really what was going to happen because it's still in the unknown like we don't yeah. know what's going to happen but we kind of just got tired of waiting we're like you know what yeah. we're going to release it <laughs> um, our thing is we write music like a year in advance so like when oh the horror came out we had it like exactly a year it was done a whole year before it came out and operation takeover was done last year and so it's like you have like these cds already printed and everything and our parents were just like you know you can't sit on this any longer because you're gonna need to start writing new music as well so like you gotta just you have to get it out so you can get like move on and so yeah it just it was really like difficult to figure out when we were gonna release it because like you said we had it in spring and then we had it and like a June release, and then we pushed it to a July release, and then it was like, oh, well, maybe an August release, and we're going to settle on a September release. That's the final one. Um, so, yeah, just we're just kind of trusting God with this one, and whatever happens with it happens. And that, I mean, we're just excited to start playing the new mm-hmm. stuff, and yeah, that's all I can like, say. <laughs> like a powerhouse name like Joey Sert is behind it, and just yeah. being able to work with him. Um, because we worked with Eric and Billy, who worked on our last EP of the yeah. The like relationship that we've created with that, like not only like the writing relationship, but also just like the friendship we've created, lets writing become like so easy and so fun. Um, and so just the writing process was just like a really fun time. And then to be able to have Joey Surges come on and like add all his special effects to it, and he was like sending us videos at 3 a.m. of him playing a tambourine, like, woo! <laughs> it's, it's like people you grew up like wanting to get to know like wanting to work with it's like wishing that they were part of your music experience and then having them actually like enjoy your own music it was such a surreal thing and it's like this doesn't even feel like real life but it's such like an incredible time to be writing right now um so yeah it was just a really great experience Mm -hmm. and his music really compliments like the stuff he adds compliments what we write because Mm -hmm. i feel like our writing experience is like no like he said beauty chords and makes up all these different genres it's because we are so just we listen to everything and we want to add everything to our music and our our writing is so chaotic and yeah. the people that we work <laughs> with are so amazing and able to pick what we do and just help us make it yeah. into this beautiful creation and it's a lot of fun to have people who can understand your chaotic writing. 
You know, between writing, structuring the songs, and the production process, what challenges, and by challenges, I mean like a positive way, you know? What challenges did you face this time around that you may have not faced with Oh, the Horror or even Identity Crisis? I would say that we've actually learned how to write um, effectively because, like, growing up we did Identity Crisis, which we kind of didn't really know how to write. We were really heavily depending on the producer. And then um, then we wrote Oh, the Horror, and um, Eric Varnell, when we wrote the first song with would we didn't have any idea, like, we didn't think we were going to produce with him. And then he just, like, pulled it out of us, and we, like, really, we, like, looked at each other. Like, I'm not even, like, being exaggerated. Just, like, he went, no way. <laughs> like, we finally figured out, like, oh, this is how I want to write. And then, like, growing through Oh, the Horror. He um, just, kinda, like, kind of held our hand through the writing process. Yeah. Growing through Oh, the Horror, we were like, yes, this is what we want to do. And then Operation Taking Over is... Like, we just can't, like, push it up enough. And I know everyone's, it's kind of like the baby, like, oh, my baby's the cutest. But it's, I don't know. It's <laughs> our just, baby's really you know, cute. Our baby's <laughs> the cutest. Like, we would just take, like, the most extreme things. We'd be like, what about this? And there's like, are you sure? We're like, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, it's just having that confidence and finally being like, this is what I want to do. Let's go for it. And then our producers uh, being like, yes, let's do it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's, yeah. I can't wait for everyone to hear it because it's just so well. And like with especially taking over, that was the heaviest we've ever done. I mean, other side is like the half step kind of heavy breakdowns, yeah, but taking did, over it took us to the next level. It took us yeah. to the next level, and um, there's some more heavy songs on the yeah. DDP too. And it's just like our thing is if you're laughing, that means it's good. Like if it's mm-hmm. not, if you're not laughing at how ridiculous the song is, you haven't done it like good enough. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> so like I feel like the challenges that we faced was just kind of taking it on as our own and I'm making it more true yeah and they (laughs) were able to help us do that without being confident enough in our own writing and not just second guessing ourselves so Uh when we finally jumped over that hurdle we got operation taking over and we never looked back and we never looked back (laughs) so I don't know if that's gonna be an issue but you know we're going for it I'm I'm gonna follow up on that I'm gonna throw an analogy I think one of you guys said in a previous interview something about a canvas and throwing paint on it and then oh, yeah. letting the producers come in and make a, a portrait out of it or something like that. Yeah. Who, who, who said that? Now. Who said that? Well, I think like me and Matt okay. were like kind of bouncing off. We're yeah. just like, there's a canvas. It was like, we're throwing paint. Like, and then we got to make a picture. We're like, oh, that was pretty good. That was really good. I was like, just stick with that. <laughs> That's a great thing to say. You know, I, I want to talk about like a theme. To what level do you guys like to have theme for your records and how important are themes to you guys is that more about you know helping you guys write or sound or is that more for the audience because a lot of artists they don't really care about themes they just do like 10 songs in the studio and that's it which is fine that's they're gonna do what they're gonna do but i feel like you guys had a specific theme that you wanted to aim for Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like whenever we write we want to share a story and Mm -hmm. tell a story and whether it's our own stories or a story for people to cling on to and relate yeah. to. Mm-hmm. Anything we do, we want it to be just this own piece of artwork in its own world. So a theme is very important when you're trying yeah. to do that. When someone's trying to write a book, they have all these different ideas and write it down and they make their own world. And so we mm-hmm. want to do that. So we're basically writing a book, but it's music. And yeah. so I would even say it's like an era. Like we had Oh the Horror era, yeah. and then now this is the Taking Over era. Mm-hmm. And building that kind of story like Lou is saying it just adds so much like energy to it mm-hmm. where I just yeah. it gives it more body and yeah so, like yeah we're very like we're really big fans of k-pop and so we like to find <laughs> oh like, my gosh okay I gotta stop you right there my okay so my little sister she's uh she is all in a k-pop she like she would brag about seeing exo and bts like all live and we had a we had a sorry i cut you off there but but okay. bts i think as bts was supposed to do a huge show at the Cotton Bowl in Texas, uh, in Dallas here back in uh, May. And uh, she was so bummed about it. Anyway, I'm dude, just saying, I'm just dude, saying. Kate. There was no in Orlando and I was supposed to go for my 16th birthday and it got canceled. Yeah. What happened to the tickets? Did you keep them? Did they no. let you keep it for like. Well, they let us keep it, but like next year we're supposed to tour a whole bunch. So I'm like, what if we're not home? <laughs> I'm so scared we're not going to be home. Man, considering how big you guys are getting, just tour with them. <laughs> Honestly, I'll go dance. I'll go dance. Like, hey, Jimmy, let me dance with you. 
<laughs> I'm just saying this podcast is going to be up on like iTunes and Spotify, so they're going to who knows. Just present that to them. Shout out to K-pop. Anyway, go ahead. What are you going to say about K-pop? I totally got off the rails there. The whole eras and everything that go with the K-pop albums, like this is the this era, this is the this era, and like Blackpink did it, and BTS has done it multiple mm-hmm. times, and like even Stray Kids has done it, and so we like flock to that as well and so it's like bringing stuff like that into the metal genre that a lot of people don't really know about because yeah. like a lot of people who listen to metal and rock they're like oh i'm not gonna listen to k-pop yeah. <laughs> and it's, so it's like it's kind of like, what makes us unique yeah and it's we find those things we're like hee these are all now <laughs> yeah we have like a fan actually pointed out and they're like oh my word this is the taking over era and we're like yes that's what we were going for <laughs> and so like the music comes first and then we find like the artwork through the music and yeah. we find like how we're just like we're, like how do we picture this for someone like if someone couldn't hear what the music was but they could see it like what would we show them and so finding a way to like embody that yeah, yeah. and then always keeping the beauty core aspect to it um it's people would be like you use that as a term like because like how can we beauty coreify this and so <laughs> just adding those elements that it's not explainable but we know when it's there that it's finished yeah. because that's it needs a little bit of that every mm-hmm. single time <laughs> you know growing up listening to the music i did and, and i listened to a you know talk about black sabbath iron maiden you know the list goes on but i feel like you guys with your genre you guys will be attracting or have attracted already so many different fan bases within the realm of just the rock and metal genre even more i mean i feel like i feel like it's just that this is just the beginning you know and yeah. considering and already you guys are already making a lot of noise within that world we yeah. like making noise <laughs> yeah you know from taking music lessons at five years old to playing festivals to you know touring the entire world for that matter and you guys aren't even 20 yet is that correct oh i'm 21 i use 19 and okay yeah. Having said that, have your aspirations as a person or a band, have they changed or evolved since when you first started playing music? Do you see things differently now? Um, I, I definitely think we see things differently. Yeah. Uh, our goals, we have always just like been people to shoot for the moon, though. And so, like, we, like, once we were just when we played our first show, we're like, we're going to be doing t- arena tours one day. Like, we're going to be headlining. You can just wait and see. So, like, it's still that's there like we have those huge aspirations and our parents always just like you don't have to go as have the biggest dreams possible and um just because even if you don't get to the very 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 like last thing you like wanted to dream at least you have made it way farther than you ever expected um and so just having that like mindset where it's like you you really hope this happens but at the same time you are content where you're at right now Mm -hmm. is something that we've really been learning lately and it's just and having fun in, in this time yeah, yeah. celebrating while pushing like super hard for yeah that. and celebrating the small things and making sure you don't just let those go to the wayside because those like things you'll never get back like the first number ones you'll never get those back ever again and the first like tools, you'll true. Get that experience back and so making sure you're like being in the moment and not looking forward to the future so much that you miss what's going on in the in-between moments. Because I feel like when we first did those tours, our thought was, what is it going to be like when we're there? And so now that we're there, our our change of our minds haven't changed from those goals. But now that we're here, we want to keep wondering, you know, what's out there. Mm-hmm. And so you never want to stop and be like, oh, this is it. Like, this is not like, mm-hmm. our minds are like, what's next? Like, what, what, can, we, yeah. what can we go for next? Keep you never want to just stop you know because i feel like stopping is not fun and i think the thing that we i think really changed was our passion for people and how we can help them and affect them and um not saying like our music helped you and changed you like we definitely want to push that they were the person that got them out of that depression they're the person that stopped themselves from self-harm but also sharing our story and sharing what we believe and just being able to connect and having that um uh, what is that? One-on-one. Like yeah, that one-on-one connection. Connect- is- I was going to say connection, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it definitely like opened our eyes because we didn't realize we could ever affect anyone like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was something we're like, oh my God, like, that's what pushes us, that we have that community now. Mm-hmm. So that was something huge for us. Well, let me ask you this. You know, being young and being women, you know, let alone in a genre that is where male is like the dominant entity, what advice would you have for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps? Definitely don't be afraid to, like, just go for it. Yeah. And 
like there's going to be people who are naysayers and there's going to be haters there's going to be people who are like well you just i don't like this because girls shouldn't be playing this music or whatever they're going to say like there's always going to be someone who's yeah. going to say that but like just ignore it like mm-hmm. just keep going yeah there's literally like their words can't do like obviously they're you you can let the words really hurt you and really affect you but at the same time like you can also just ignore the comment and keep going and just know that what you're doing is for a better purpose and like this is what you're meant to be and what you're meant to do and so just figure out where you need to have your pinpoint and then just go for it because mm-hmm. our parents they also said like if you have haters that means like that that's means a good thing i think that's a good thing having haters <laughs> yeah i mean you're gonna have haters in anything you do mm-hmm. so just keep going like, don't be afraid to like something just like especially if it's something that's not according to the status quo like if it's weird like don't be afraid to be like this is what i'm gonna do anyway because yeah. that's what we do that's what we did with beauty core and like we're girls playing music and it was weird and it's still kind of weird for people even though like like it's, stepping out of our comfort zone yeah. like where we're wearing like cheerleading uniforms and i look like a toddler but then also we're like <laughs> playing some intense music like yeah. i mosh in the crowd and like push people over <laughs> while i'm playing that's guitar. perfect that's 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 what that's what makes it who you guys are yeah, and like being you, like not trying to put on this persona that you think people want to see. And that's why we wrote Island Your Fantasy, because we found ourselves doing that while we were like growing up playing music and stuff. And we just wanted to find like ourselves. And once you find that person you want to be, like who you actually are, you're not like putting on a face for like these certain people. You're not pretending to be interested in like these certain shows or this certain like topics or whatever, just because that's the popular thing to do. Like, if you're not, like, interested in certain things, like, you don't have to be. Like, you don't have to like whatever, like, is on TikTok or whatever is on Instagram. Like, you don't have to like that. Like, finding what you like and being passionate about it draws people in. Like, once you're really true to who you are and people have, that's what they've been telling us. They're like, we just like you because of how genuine you guys are. We like that you make me feel like, you don't make me feel weird <laughs> because of how genuine. You make me feel like I can be myself. And so just letting, like, accepting yourself and like letting other people accept themselves and just being like having that community it's just yeah <laughs> no yeah no i totally get what you're saying because you're on a roll there i was like I, i'm gonna let her finish but <laughs> but i think i think staying humble is a is a very important characteristic mm-hmm. considering i i think i think that's just important to have within yeah. anybody and i think if you let it get to your head and we've seen you know this happened to me people you know it does let get get to their head and you see what happens but i feel like you guys are, are really doing that and are staying level-headed and I, I i mean i can't wait for you guys to come to dallas you know and, and <laughs> we have a we have a really crazy metal community and it's growing and you know of course you'll probably see me the first one going crazy in the front you know a, a, a guy in his like early 30 like going crazy like okay it's <laughs> like yeah we he interviewed us <laughs> so uh you know just a couple of questions for you guys so it's safe to assume to say that Operation Takeover is like a snapshot of where you are in a certain time of your life, like maybe 2021, 2022, looking back on this. Mm-hmm. Would you say so? I think so, especially like from the 2019 to 2020, like especially now, like in moving forward, like a couple of years and you look back, you're like, yeah, this is definitely how I was feeling then. And, like, I feel like that's kind of how all of our music is like if you go back to 2016 and identity crisis like that's you can like definitely remember like that's how we were back then and then if you move on to other oh, horror it's like the growth of someone who is very very insecure and like moving into self-acceptance and just yeah. like accepting that you have these flaws but that's what makes you human that's what makes mm-hmm. you like perfectly imperfect yeah and like that's definitely where we were when we were writing Oh the Horror. And so now like this strength and this confidence that comes with Operation Taking Over, that's definitely where we are right now, like when we were writing it. Um, and so it's just really cool to see like the confidence that we have grown up into. And yeah. um, and we always will take that with us. I feel like everyone's like, when we look back, we're not that same person, but I would argue that we're that person and then more. We just evolved. Yeah, it was just evolving. And I think I mean, it's cool that you can still feel that emotion too. Yeah, like yeah. when I listen yeah. to that music, I can go straight back to when we were writing it, and uh-huh. like that's how we were feeling. <laughs> and hey, we released an album during a pandemic. Who else does that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so now looking back, it's like, yeah, we did this. Our 
kids come up to us. Were you alive in this? Yeah, I actually released a straight banger during <laughs> their teaching school. Let yeah. me tell you. Let me tell you the story of Operation Takeover. <laughs> there was the COVID pandemic in 2020, and also there was this band called GFM who released a thing called Operation Takeover. And, and let me tell you, it took over. Okay. It's gonna be like in the history books. Like just you, just wait for it. That's how it's gonna be. <laughs> Man, so just to, I have a bonus question for you guys before we finish things off here. So a lot of artists, you guys haven't, I don't know if you guys have done this yet. Uh, you know, a lot of artists like to collaborate with other artists. If it was up to you guys, I, I know you love K-pop, but if it was up to you guys, and it is up to you guys, what would your favorite artist to collaborate with? Who would it be if it was up to you guys? Anyone. It Does, never- doesn't even have to be metal. I've never thought of it this way, but it just came to my mind when you said that. Because you can collaborate in so many different ways. Uh-huh. What if we had a K-pop group dance to one of our songs? In our music video? Yeah, in our music video. <laughs> and they collab that way. That's actually That'd be pretty cool. cool. Speaking of collaborations, we can't say anything, but we have some very exciting things in the works that, you know, just make it get up and dance. So, because <laughs> <laughs> we're very excited about what's what we're doing through this. And, uh, but I was going to say one of the, no, 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 no. Can you say it? <laughs> hey, if, if you can say it, say it. This will be up. This will no, be up. Like next week. Collaboration. Oh, but yeah. Cause we haven't, um, co- I don't think we've collaborated with anyone in it like a long time. We did a rap remix a long time ago, <laughs> but so it's, Collaborations is something new for GFM, and we're diving yeah. into that world, so we're really we're excited. We're trying about that. to dive into the world. Yes. We don't know. <laughs> we're like experimenting. So, who would so. your dream be? Yeah, who would your dream one be? Um. <laughs> I just, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> what do you mean? What's the first, okay, what's the first artist that just comes to your mind? Just. Um. <laughs> no, you, what do you usually say? Not you, you go first. Not you go first. Um, <laughs> normally I say lights. Um, she's like an alternative yeah. pop type thing. Cause I just I love her vocals. I like the way she writes. Um, and I I just like the oh, she's great. Writes, Cause like she's like had a com- a graphic. I just almost said graphic novel. comic. A graphic novel like <laughs> tied to her music. Like you can scan the QR codes and hear the song that goes with the chapter. And like that being that involved with your music really is something that I like really like when artists do that and so I feel like it's not like super common to see that so finding bands and like artists that will actually do that is really cool so she's really cool you usually say marshmallow I usually say marshmallow because um (laughs) I feel like whenever people ask who you like collaborate with everyone always says like a common name like a Danny River or Brand Horizon but I always want to do something unique because like if we did that that'd be really cool yeah (laughs) I mean just keep inventing new genres along the way Honestly, Why not? Yeah. Like, DJ Marshall. Like it's the sub of uh, it's a sub-genre of beauty core. Having DJ Marshall remakes on our song would be epic. See? I'm trying to think. She's still, she still has an answer. Well, still... I have the worst poker face. So uh, there might be like in the collabs in the future, but I'm like, oh yeah, I'd love to collab. And then I'm just like totally cheesing through it. And I'm like, let's totally give it away. So I'm like. I know ever is like post Malone. <laughs> I've had I've had man, I've had so many crazy answers. I've had um I don't know if you guys heard of a band called Die is Murder. They're from Australia. And yeah. CJ, CJ told me he would like to collaborate with Lana Del Rey. What? I mean, I mean think about that for a second. You know, no. Lana Del Rey and, and a and a and a death chord slash death metal band just coming together. Yeah. Heck yeah, I'm totally down for that. We, I've even had um um a popular one is Trent Reznor, you know. Because just his style just would blend right in with metal. That's probably an easy one, but honestly. But Lana Del Rey, I've actually gotten that answer more than once. So that's that's a very common answer. But I would say Architects because I, I love their Hey. Yeah. And uh, I think that would just bring like a different aspect to GFM. That would be sick. Yeah. Or maybe like Ginger. She has a very distinct oh scream. My word, yeah, like Ginger. I can't scream the way she screams. And so like if we would have that on there, people would go, oh, that's, that's the uh, collaboration people. That's like the hard thing when it's like, bands and stuff collaborating because I have a lower screen now and so like a lot of times you can't tell if it's a guy or if it's me and so it's like well I don't know if this is actually like it, who is screaming right here. It? <laughs> do you, so how, how do you practice your uh, vocals? So I actually don't like because I'm making you talk a lot. 
<laughs> so like we have warm-ups that we do and um like before we go into recording or yeah. like before demoing or before like anything like if i'm just experimenting or like working on stuff for the live show i have like the melissa cross warm-ups that i'll do um but other than that like i try to scream as little as possible which is like a lot of people would be like that's so weird like i, I feel like a lot of screamers mm-hmm. tend to like practice a lot especially like people who scream on youtube and stuff um but I've learned that if I do that, I'll scream the wrong way and I'll end up hurting my voice. And so just trying to make sure that I'm warming up and making, like, keeping my voice healthy and getting the proper rest. Because if you don't sleep, then your vocal cords can't heal because they're a muscle and it's the same thing as your body. Um, but just, like, watching videos of, like, how people take care of their voice, the different ways that they scream. Like, if I'm trying to find, like, a new technique, then, like, definitely making sure I'm way warmed up and... Um, like I have like the certain day, like I'm only going to scream this day and then I have a, a day after that for vocal rest or just like if I accidentally lose my voice or like hurt myself, like I'm not going to be doing like any interviews that day or whatever. So I don't have to talk as much. And so I give my voice like a rest and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. I made you talk a lot again, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and you're doing it at an early age. So I, having said that, like it should help you moving forward, you know, as, mm-hmm. as you age and taking care of your voice. But uh, guys, man, we covered, so many topics and then some um do you guys have any like last shout outs like any plugs like anything you want to mention about gfm going forward before we finish things off here i mean we always say go to our website which is www.thegfmband.com because we have everything linked there so if everyone's like oh i don't remember their tag it's all linked so you can just go yeah. there and click and everything is the gfm band so if you forget and you don't know what the website is or the instagram it's all the GFM band, yeah. so it's super easy to look produce, up. Produce, produce. And we post every Monday on our YouTube channel as well. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for content during this pandemic, there's something every Monday. <laughs> and if you're on TikTok, <laughs> we kind of blew up randomly. And we, like, one of our videos went viral. So go follow us on TikTok. We're trying to, like, slowly build that until, like, unless it gets shut down or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, because there's, like, whispers of that going around. So yeah. <laughs> uh, pre-order the uh, Operation Takeover. You can pre-save it on our website. You can pre-order on Amazon. On mm-hmm. iTunes and tell a friend about the event. If you've never heard of us, go tell your friends because that's the only way that bands can get around now. Is that you share it with your friend and that friend shares it with their friend and before you know it, you're at a concert. Yeah, and get a K-pop group to dance to your songs, man. That's oh, and that's the perfect collaboration. And everyone who's listening, Operation Takeover comes out this fall, September fourth. Um, independently right you guys are releasing it independently on your own and everyone this is cj maggie and lulu of gfm um support these guys buy the album they'll be on the road as soon as you know that is a live presentation you don't want to miss of course i'm speaking for everybody who's listening um thank you girls so much um hopefully we can do this again in person next time when you you guys are in town you guys stay safe okay thank you Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.